Father, I pray this morning that we would get a glimpse and have a a greater grasp of that truth, that you really love us, that you are for us, God, because it impacts every aspect of our life. So, Lord, I pray this morning, if we don't get anything else, that we would receive all of your love for us, Father, that you would continue to open our eyes, our spiritual eyes, to see you with greater clarity, God, to see you as a loving Father, to see you for the truth of who you are. Because some of us have skewed perspectives and perceptions of a heavenly father, maybe because our earthly father was, was not a good example. Whatever that may be, maybe because of the wounds and the hurts. Maybe there are some people here today that are angry at you. Whatever it may be, Father, I pray that you would help us all to see you with greater clarity in the truth of who you are, that you are a loving Father, a loving God, that you would open our spiritual ears to hear your small, still voice this morning, that we would connect with you in a greater measure, Lord, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us this morning. And so, Father, we pray these things with expectation. We come into your presence with expectation to receive everything that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to repeat this after me. Say, say I've come this morning expecting to receive everything the Lord has for me. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for joining us. You know, I love to worship. I can kind of see a little bit through the lights. I, I see hands raised. I can't see... Faces, I see silhouettes, but I sense hearts that are engaging with Him. And guys, that's the target, that we engage with Him. It's not about the music, it's not about the lights, it's about our engagement with Him. And I, I'm so glad that I'm part of a church that loves to worship God and engages with Him because it's an encounter with God that changes our lives that changes our hearts. This morning, uh, before I release the youth, I want to talk about three things that we've been talk that I've been talking about every Sunday morning, and I want to continue to encourage you to read the Bible. Read along with us. Five chapters a week, you can do that. I know you can. I know you can say, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." I can. I can read five chapters a week. So please, encourage one another. If, if you haven't been reading, just jump in, okay? Just jump in. So encourage one another and you yourself be reading. Pick up a couple of these. Take one to work and take one home and stick one in your Bible and, and read along with us. The, the second thing I want to promote, and I want you to promote as well, is the Wednesday evening Bible study. If you're in sixth grade and above... Uh, come, man. It's good. It's good stuff. And, and we're teaching you the Word of God. We're, we're learning about the principles of God. And man, I tell you, this series is Blueprints for Life. This is the blueprint for your life. So come on Wednesday evenings uh, from 7 to 7.45. If you have young children, we have child care. You have no excuse for not being here. So come and join us. And then we have some time of, of fellowship. It's only for 45 minutes. And then the third thing is continue to come. Commit to coming on Sunday mornings and joining us. Hebrews 10.25 says, Don't 
forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Or don't stop meeting together as some people do. We need to stay connected in the body of Christ. Your commitment to these things will help you in your everyday life. They will help you. I don't know how else to say it. They will help you. So commit to those things and, uh, and continue to seek after the Lord and, and uh, you know, receive with an open heart everything that the Lord has for you. And this morning, I want to talk about our mission statement. Those of you that have been coming for a while, you know it. Our mission statement is to... Very good. And I want to talk a little bit about this before I release the, the youth because I want, I want us to get it here. Our mission statement is not a piece of paper that's behind a glass in a frame that's stuck on a wall that means nothing. I've worked for corporations that have, that have had mission statements, and you look at that and you're like, that's nice, but it doesn't mean anything. It's not reality. It's not the truth. It's not really the heart of this organization. It looks great. But this is the heart of what God has called Life Fellowship to. And to develop, maintain a model of personal intimacy with Christ. To develop is to bring others in relationship with God that don't know him. Do you know anyone out there that doesn't know the Lord, that doesn't have an authentic, honest, intimate relationship with him? So we develop, we're, we're providing an environment of healthy growth, spiritual growth, that we develop our relationship with him. And it starts with coming to know him was saying, hey, I need a Savior, and submitting our life to Him. It's also, develop is, is providing a healthy environment for spiritual growth for those that do know Him. It doesn't matter what level you're on. If you're in first grade spiritually or you've got your doctorate, you know, we're all growing. And so the, the goal is that we move into an intimate, more intimate relationship with the Lord from wherever we are. Because I know there's more for all of us. So that's develop. Maintain intimacy with Christ through knowledge of God's Word through biblical principles and truths. But not just knowledge, not just knowing, but applying those biblical truths and principles to our lives. Because if we know them and we don't apply them, what good does that do? Through prayer. Praying. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray always, pray all the time. Pray without ceasing. I'm praying right now. Let me pray out loud. God, I pray the fire of your Holy Spirit wash over us this morning. I pray that you reach into the deepest recesses of our hearts, God, and fill us to overflowing with your great love and let us come to the reality and the truth that you really do love us. In spite of what we've heard, in spite of what we tell ourselves. the truth is that you love us. Listen, that's all prayer is. It's just talking to God. So do that a lot. Knowledge of, the, of God's word, application of God's word, prayer, community with other believers, like I just quoted Hebrews 10, 25. Don't neglect meeting together as some people do, but stay connected to life fellowship. If this is your church home, you need to stay connected. Relationships are one of the most vital things that God has blessed our lives with. Develop, maintain, model, intimacy, with Christ through serving. We model through serving and giving of our time, our talents, and our treasures. Every week, there's a number of primarily women that come up and serve, and I hear them laughing and joking and while they're working and cleaning, and they're building relationships. 
they're doing something very vital. They're cleaning the church. So when we come here on Sunday morning, the, uh, the toys are sanitized and clean and deodorized. I say that because one time I was thinking of deodorized and sanitized, and I said, they come here every, Patty comes every Sunday and desanitizes the toys. Yeah, we rub them in the dirt, not. So we sanitize and we deodorize all the toys so that they're clean. And, you know, it takes people getting involved. And, and the thing that, that happens is relationships are built. Not only are we serving him, but we're giving back to him. And when we give, we are reflecting the heart of God because he is a giving God. Oh, how he loves us. And we're walking in obedience. So one more time, the Life Fellowship mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. At this time, I'd like to release the warrior youth. I'm glad to see our student ministry growing. Yeah. yeah, awesome. All right. This morning, uh, if you want to begin to turn to a couple of passages of Scripture, we're going to be going to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. It's the fifth book in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So if you want to go to uh, chapter 28. Then if you want to bookmark or be looking for Luke chapter 4. This morning, I'm continuing in the series of Blueprints for Life, and today's sermon is The Results. Through the series, we've been talking about, been kind of drawing an analogy between building a house and God building our house or, or working in our life. And so we've been going through the, the steps of implementing God's blueprint for our life. We've laid the foundation which is choosing to build on the rock of Christ, not sand or things that dissolve or crumble. Uh, so we talked about building on the rock. We talked about adding the correct support systems. We talked about some of those are faith and trust in God and determining to obey his principles and truths. And we talked about shoring up our relationship through these support systems, through faith in God, trust in God, obedience, uh, that shores up our authentic relationship with God, and it helps us in building godly, healthy relationships with others by remaining connected to the body of Christ in the local church. We were created to be in relationship with God and each other. We were created for that. And last week, we talked about love as the covering. So now we have the house, we have the foundation, we have the walls, we have the studs, we have all that in place, and the covering is love. Love is really the basis for every part of the Blueprints for Life. It starts with the foundation, God's great love for us, and Jesus going to the cross for us. And then everything that our house is built of is based on love. The foundation and all of it, our relationship with God is based on love. His relationship with us, our relationship with one another. God's greatest desire is an authentic relationship with you. It's not about performing it's all about an intimate relationship. Let me summarize it. It's all about love. Love is the key. So this morning, we're going to look at the internal results that happen inside of our home, inside of us, when we choose to follow God's blueprint for our life. There are a number of benefits. I mean, we could talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Remember what those are? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are a lot of benefits 
to following the blueprints, God's blueprints for our life. But today, I'm, I'm going to talk about two of these. And one of these is blessings. My first point this morning is God's blueprints lead to blessings. Let's look at Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. And this is a passage that we've talked about a lot. But I, how many of you need to be reminded sometimes of God's goodness? That, like, I, like we talked about this morning, we need to really understand that God loves us. You wouldn't expect to take a shower once a year and stay clean or once a week. I hope not. And so as we get washed in the things of God and, and we get reminded of, of God's truths and principles, it helps us. Do you, does anybody else ever need that? I know you do. We all need it because we live in a world that's stained with sin. And as we walk through this world, we walk through mud puddles and we get dirty. And so we have to allow God to wash that stuff off of us. That's why it's so important. And that's why I'm really encouraging you to read the Bible, to come to the Bible study on Wednesdays, to continue to come on Sunday mornings and bring your family with you. So we need to be reminded of the things of God that will build us up and encourage us. I think it's in Hebrews 10, 25, 24, 26, somewhere right in there. It talks about encourage one another. We need to encourage one another with the truth of God. And so we do that by reading his word and continuing to build relationships with him first and one another. Let's look at Deuteronomy 28.1. If, say if. What does that mean? That means if. <laughs> that means it's conditional, right? If you come up here, I will give you a, a check for $100,000. No, I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. So whenever we see the word if, we realize that there, God is saying, hey, I want, I want to get your attention. I'm asking you to do something. If you will do this, then I'm going to do this. So if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commandments that I'm giving you today, what are the commandments? They're the blueprints for life. And where are they found? They're found right here in your iPhone, your iPad. The Bible is our blueprint, all right? So read your Bible. Continue to attend on Wednesday night and Sunday mornings. But follow God's blueprint for our life. And what does that require? It requires us to do something, primarily to obey. And uh, so let's look at Deuteronomy 28.1. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the world. Now, he's talking to the Israelites, the, the Jewish nation, as they're traveling uh, to the promised land. They've been uh, released from bondage in Egypt. And so time after time, and you can find basically the same thing in Leviticus chapter 26, I believe. And so Moses is pleading with the people, and he's saying, listen, make sure when you get to the promised land, you don't forget about God, that you stay connected to him and you continue to follow the commands and the things that God has laid out for you to, to follow. So he goes on to, to say in the, the rest of verse 1, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. Then he goes on to say in verse 2, you will experience all these blessings. Oops, there's that big word if again, if you obey the Lord your God. This Greek word for experience means to overtake, to attain, to catch, to uh, reach and find. Have you ever thought, well, you know, I, I don't know if, if God's blessings and, and favor can find me. They can find you. You can hide under a sheet. You can hide under a chair or a bed. God's blessings 
will find you. All these blessings will overtake you. They will tackle you. They will chase you down. They will catch you. You can't run fast enough to run away from God's blessings. They will reach you wherever you are. The word says nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not even hell. Not demons. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So God's blessings will overtake you. They will catch you. They will reach you. They will find you. You don't have to be out there. Here I am, Lord. Here, over here. Over, no, over here. They will find you. How? If you obey. If you obey. If you are building your life based on God's blueprints, you will be obeying. It's, it's really not that difficult. Let's look at verse 3. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. How would you like your town that you live in to be blessed? I have the opportunity to go pray at the, uh, lead the invocation at the League City Council meeting several times a year. And I, I think I always pray that God will bless our city. I want the city that I live in to be blessed. I want all of us to be blessed. Your towns will be blessed and your fields will be blessed. Verse 4, your children and your crops will be blessed. I want your children to be blessed. Wow, wait a minute. If I obey, my children are the recipients of the blessings of God. That's what it says. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Verse 5, your fruit baskets and your breadboards will be blessed. The baskets that you gather and the storage that you have will be blessed. Okay, now I don't farm. Most of us, do we have any farmers or ranchers out, out there? We have a farmer? All right. Most of us don't raise animals or, or grow crops, but let's look at verse 6. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you will be blessed. Now, that covers it all, right? That, I think that covers us, all of us, and everything. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. Let's look at verse 7. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven different directions. Verse 8. The Lord will guarantee, guarantee a blessing on everything you do. Wow, come on. He will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will what? Fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he's giving you. And you may say, well, I'm not going anywhere. Well, where you are going somewhere. God is leading all of us. You know, in your job, maybe God is expanding, opening up opportunities for you to have more impact in your workplace, maybe in your neighborhood. I, I don't know. But listen, God wants to bless us wherever we go, whatever we do. God wants to bless us. And so when we step into a room, we're taking the presence of God with us. When we go to a party or when we go to a work event or a meeting, the presence of God is in us. And so we're going somewhere. And the Lord says he will bless the land that we're going, wherever we're going, whatever we're doing. So let's look at verse 9. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he swore he would do. So he's telling them, listen, I've told you all these things. Now I'm telling you again. I'm just reminding you. So walk in the confidence of knowing that I will do what I've told you I'm going to do and just simply obey what I've asked you to do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord 
and they will stand in awe of you. Verse 11, the Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, and abundant crops. Okay, now again, he's writing to the children of Israel, and they're going to the promised land. But listen, we can take the promises of God too. And we can realize that the principle here is that God wants to bless us. The principle is when we obey, if we obey, God says, I'm going to bless you. Whatever that is, wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever you need, God wants to bless us. He goes on to say in verse 12, the Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. Do you want your work to be blessed? He will send the rain at the proper time. Listen, if you're a farmer, that's critical. Because if it comes at the wrong time, if it doesn't come, your crops dry up. If your crop is ready to be harvested and you get a flood, that's not any good either. You can't get in the fields to get the crops out. So God is saying, I will perform a supernatural miracle, supernatural blessing for you. I will cause it to rain at the right time. I don't care. You can get out and do a rain dance or whatever you want to do. And I don't know that you're going to move heaven to make it rain. You may. Okay, you may. But listen, God says, he can look down and say, oh, they need some rain down there. I'm going to rain on that field. Have you ever been driving somewhere? The rain is spotty. And you're like, oh, man, I hope it's raining in our house. Lord, let it rain in ours. You drive in your neighborhood, it's dry as a bone. You get to your yard and it's raining right there over your house. Has that ever happened to you? God can do those kinds of things. He can cause it to rain. He can rain down his blessings on your house, on you, if we obey. He goes on to say that you will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow. What if you never needed to borrow? You had all the resources that you needed right there at your disposal. That'd be awesome. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. If you listen to these commandments of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today, and you can go back and read in Deuteronomy. I'm not going to read all of that today, but basically he's saying just follow the commandments that I've given you. Just follow Follow my blueprint for your life. And if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Have you ever been at the tail end? And then have you ever been at the head of the line? It's usually better at the head of the line, right? So he's saying, hey, listen, I'll make you the head and not the tail. And you will always, always be on top and never at the bottom. You must not turn away from any of the commands I'm giving you today, nor follow after other gods and worship them. First two commandments. Don't have any other gods. Don't bow down and worship idols. Doesn't change. And what we find is when the Israelites get into the promised land, their biggest, one of their biggest problems is they start worshiping all these other gods. And make it, even before they get there, Right? When they're going through the desert and they make the golden calf, Moses is up on the mountain. I mean, so he's saying, he's pleading with them time and time and time again, obey the commandments I'm giving you and don't follow after other gods and worship them. Worship only me. So my first point this morning is God's blueprint leads to blessings. My second point is disobedience negates God's blessings. And if you go back and read this chapter, you'll find that the first 13 verses talk about the blessings of God. And the next, well, then there's 14. And then the next 53 after that describe the curses 
and the reversal of the blessings. If you don't like the word curse, just say reversal of the blessings, however you want to call it. Basically, it's a reversal of everything that God has promised in the first 13 verses. Then he takes 53 and says, and then they just negate all the blessings. The consequences of not following God's design plan for our lives lead to consequences. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever seen the consequences of not following God's plan for your life? I know you have. Have you seen the consequences in other people's lives? And that's something that breaks my heart because it doesn't have to be that way. You see somebody hitting their, their thumb with a hammer, you, please stop, that's insanity. You don't have to do that. I know that hurts. Oh, yeah, but, you know, I'm just going to, why? Come on, stop it. So if we're not receiving God's love, if we're not obeying, why? The consequences can be devastating to our lives, and not just to us. I don't want to get on a divorce wagon here, but how many people do you know that have been divorced? Maybe you've been divorced. What are the consequences of those for your children or maybe for, for your own life? Because you come from a, a family that has, has been damaged by divorce, and it's impacted you. There are consequences when we don't obey, when we don't follow the Lord's plan. God desires to bless you. It seems that so many Christians automatically equate blessings with money. Listen, guys, don't limit God. Oh, come on now. Don't limit him. He wants to bless your life beyond what we can even comprehend. So it's not just about money. If you needed peace, how much would peace cost you? $500, a million dollars? You can't buy peace. The peace of God that passes all understanding that guards our hearts and minds in Christ can be ours. It's talked about in Philippians 4. So please don't limit God. He wants to bless you. He wants to physically bless you. He wants to spiritually bless you. He wants to supernaturally bless you. He wants to reign at the right time. He will send rain from his rich treasuries in heaven. So he will do supernatural things for us. He will bless us supernaturally. Let's look at the first part of verse 12 again. Deuteronomy 28, 12. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. He will bless the work that you do. Have you ever been digging a ditch or something? I know one time we were at the beach and we rented this car. It was a brand new uh, Jeep and uh, we were driving down the beach and man, it was terrible. People were turning around and coming back and I was determined we're, we're going 50 or 60 miles down the beach in the four-wheel drive section and I pulled off on this little section and just stopped for a second. It looked like it was solid. That Jeep sunk all the way to the frame and thank God, thank God, this was a brand new Jeep. It had like 20 or 30 miles on it. We had just rented it, right, you know? And thank God the tide was going out because, and we were, we were probably 50 miles down the beach. I hadn't seen anybody for like five miles up the, up the beach. We were stuck, man. We were without a paddle. And, we, and so we were digging, and I still have a scar on my hand where one of those rascal shells cut my hand. But we were digging, and we would get, get, kind, of, get kind of dug out, and then every once in a while, a wave would come in and just fill that all back in. And it was, it was, I couldn't get any phone signal. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. But anyway, I said, honey, I, I've got to leave you here. And I've got to, I'm praying those three guys are still down the beach. And they were probably four or five miles down the beach. So I walked all the way down there. 
And fortunately, they were there. They had a four-wheel drive. They had some shovels. We literally dug this Jeep out, and we found some planks and put under the, the wheels. We jacked up the, the Jeep, and we got it out. But I tell you, it was, uh, it was quite an event. And I was thankful that we had some help. So why did I tell you all that? Oh, yeah, since rain, since help. So anyway, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so anyway, we were able to get the, the Jeep out, but I should have never gone down that path. I should have turned around when I heeded the warnings. The thing is that God will bless us. The work that we do, even though we were digging that out and every once in a while we get a, uh, a wave that would wash all that sand back in, at some point in time, we were able to get out. And, you know, sometimes we may feel like that. We may feel like we're, dig we're just digging a ditch and it's caving back in. But I want to encourage you that, that God will bless the work that we do and, and he will help us. He's an ever-present help in time of need and trouble. And I know you're going to need him if you haven't. I know we all need him from time to time. So wherever you go, he, he also says in Deuteronomy uh, 28 6 again wherever you go whatever you do you will be blessed God's blessings overtake they catch they reach out and find you when you choose to implement God's plan his blueprints for your life my points again are this morning God's blueprints lead to blessings disobedience negates God's blessings and we can add God's favor too. not only the blessings but add his favor and that's the second point that I'm going to talk about this morning is God's favor. Do you realize God's favor is a huge blessing? Favor with God trumps your boss, your coworkers, your neighbors. The favor of God. I remember being in a work situation where there was a guy, and he was a nice guy. I didn't have anything against him, but some of my coworkers didn't like him. But he was a Christian, and the Lord kept blessing him. And they, it would just make my, my friends more mad. It's like, why is he getting a raise? You know, God was blessing him. And, and so it doesn't matter what your boss is. It doesn't matter if your boss doesn't like you. If God's placed you there and you have the favor of God, it doesn't matter. Imagine that you work for a company, a small company, and the owner, the president of the company calls in your boss, and, and he says, you know what? I, I want to bless this person. I, I want you to go to payroll, and, and I'm going to talk to payroll, and I'll write him a bonus check for $50,000. Well, well, why? Because I want to. What's your boss going to say? He's going to say, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, that's like, and God wants to do more than write you a $50,000 check. God wants to give you the favor, his favor. Because it, when you have his favor, when you're standing under the spigot of the blessings of God and the favor of, of God is on you, it, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. Just receive it. Just walk in it. Just live it, okay? So God's favor is a huge blessing. Proverbs 3, 1 through 6 says, My child, never forget the things I've taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Do you want to have a satisfying life? Come on, I know we do. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Don't just write them on the surface of your heart. Write them deep in your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. So when we walk in the blessings and the favor of God, we have his favor, but also God can give us favor with our bosses or whoever we need to have favor with, and you will earn a good reputation. 
Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Does anybody struggle with that? Well, that doesn't seem logical or reasonable. Well, you know, this is, I'm praying, and this is what God's telling me to do. Listen, God has told me to do some things, and in obedience, I've done this, but that wouldn't have been the, the route that I would have taken. That wouldn't have been the thing that I would have done. But you know what? That all comes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the series, faith in God and trusting him. And as we develop our relationship with him, we begin to trust him more. And then we begin to step out. And what I've always found is that when I obey, God blesses. God takes care of me. God takes care of us. So it goes on to say in verse 6, Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Yielding to God changes our lives. He wants us to be on the right path every time and all the time. God wants you on the right path every time and all the time. Let's go to Luke 4, verses 18 and 19. Let's see what Jesus says in Luke 4 about himself as he reads in the synagogue. And we talked about this not too long ago, uh, Luke 4, 18 and 19. This is Jesus, and he's, he's reading from the book of Isaiah, and uh, he's reading about himself. And this is what he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. Jesus said, listen, I've come that the captives will be released. Do you know anybody in bondage? Do you have any bondages in your own life? Jesus came to set you free. You know people that are blind, maybe physically, but maybe spiritually they can't see. They can't receive the things of God, whatever it may be. Jesus said, I've come that all may see. I've come that the oppressed will be set free. I have the key to take the shackles off of them. They can be free. And, he goes on to say in verse 19, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Jesus was here. He is the favor of God. He came to die on the cross so that we could have eternal salvation, so that we could be forgiven of all of our sins. Wow, what great favor. Jesus dying on the cross for all of our sins and restoring us into relationship with God is a gracious expression of that great love and an example of God's great favor for us. As we follow God's blueprints for life, we are filled with the blessings and favor of God. Do you want the, the blessings and favor of God? I know you do. James 1.18, he, God, chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. We have spiritual birth by receiving his word. And that word is logos, and it means an expression or a thought. Jesus is the expression of God. Jesus is God, but he expressed God on the earth by his love and his character and all that. I didn't put this up on the slides because I didn't want to do another 50 slides, but I'm going to read John chapter 1. If you want to read along with us. John chapter 1, in the beginning, the word already exists. Now, every time I read this word, word, the Greek word is logos. It's the same word throughout this whole passage of Scripture. In the beginning, the word, logos, already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. Who? The word. Okay, we're still talking about the word. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. Who? The word. 
The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And we've talked about this scripture. You've been in a cave, and you turn on a flashlight. What happens? The light pushes the darkness away, right? So Jesus is the light. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot, can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And so that's what John was doing. He said, hey, the light of the world is coming. Come on, the Messiah is coming. Jesus, the Savior, is coming. It's not me, it's him. But I'm letting you know he's coming. He came into the very world he created. Who, who's this, the word? But the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love. Okay, the word became human. It it can only be Jesus. Jesus is the Word. Let me read this again. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen His glory and the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Jesus is the Word. In James 1.18, He, God, chose to give birth to us by giving us His true Word. By giving us Jesus, He gives us birth. He gives us life by giving us his true word. And it goes on to say in, in the rest of James 1.18, you guys know this, and we out of all creation became his prized possession. And so Jesus came that we would walk in the light, that we would have life. God gave us birth, not only physical birth, but spiritual birth. This translation for a prized possession is also translated to mean a kind of first fruits. We are a kind of first fruits. When you think about first fruits, the first fruit off the tree is the sweetest, usually the juiciest, the best. The first fruit off the tree is the best. And we are a type of first fruits. We, above all creation, are its prized possession. Can you comprehend that? I hope you can, because there are people that struggle with that. They have filters and blocks. Well, I don't know. I I believe that God can love everybody else, but I just don't know that I can receive it. Listen, if that's you, receive it. Come on, just receive it. So my points again this morning are God's blueprints lead to blessings. Listen, God wants to bless you. He doesn't want to withhold anything from you. He wants to pour out his blessings upon you in abundance. But the thing that can negate God's blessings are disobedience. If you're driving down the highway and you know that the speed limit is 55 and you're doing 80, man, if you get a ticket, well, you weren't following the rules. You weren't following. You weren't obeying. And so there are consequences when we disobey. God wants to bless us. But not only does God want to bless you, he wants to give you favor. That's part of the blessing is that we have the favor of God. God loves you. 
He wants a real and authentic relationship with you. And his desire is to pour out his blessings and favor on you. Can you receive that? Can you believe that today? That God really loves you that much? That he wants to bless you? That he wants to give you favor? I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. This morning, God may be speaking to your heart. Maybe you don't have a relationship with him. That's where it starts. That's where it begins. And saying, hey, you know, I want to get on this journey. I want to get on this path. I want to have a relationship with the Lord. Or maybe you had one at one point in time and you've walked away. And God is tugging on your heart this morning. Listen, if he is, you know that. And there's no shame in that at all. Thank God that he loves you enough to, to prompt you. But if that's you, would you slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. If you're not in relationship with him, you can be. Anyone else? All right, I'd like for you to just pray this prayer. You can pray it quietly where you are. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I yield to you. I ask your forgiveness for all my sins. And I receive your forgiveness for all my sins. I thank you, Lord, that today is a new day, that all the old stuff is washed away, and I am made new. And I choose to walk in the love and the freedom and the liberty that you purchased on the cross when you died for me. And I thank you for this new day I thank you for this fresh start in Jesus' name. Guys, we're talking about a lot of a lot of different things through this series, but the critical thing is God's love. He loves you. And God wants to bless us. He wants us to walk in his favor. And we've just read today in Deuteronomy 28 that if we will follow his commands, we will walk in the full blessings of God. So I want to encourage you today to walk, you know, just obey. Just know the word of God. Join us so you can learn the word of God and walk in the full blessings of God. Let me close with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you have not left us stranded, that you have given us your word, the Bible, as a blueprint. Father, not only that, but you've given us your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth, that you don't leave us stranded. You're always there for us. And Father, I pray that we would receive your great love in our lives in a greater measure. And that we would walk in the confidence and the boldness, not arrogance, but confidence and, and boldness of knowing who we are in you and who you are and that you are for us. And if you're blessing us, no man can, can change that. If you're giving us favor, no man can take that away because you are greater than all people. You have all authority in heaven and earth. So, God, I pray that we would walk in the full blessings and favor of you and that we would determine to obey you. 
with every part of our life, that we would yield every, every part of our life to you. And so we pray all this in the all-powerful and the almighty name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. As you go out this week, you have the opportunity to share the love of Christ with others. So go out and live it. Will you do that? Thank you for joining us this morning. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful week and live it.